Welcome to A Different Way of Traveling. This is a podcast where we discuss travel for persons with disabilities and special needs in South Africa and beyond with our host, Lois Strachan. Join us as we share inspiring stories of people who travel, exciting accessible travel experiences, and showcase service providers who will accommodate those with special needs. And now, on with the show. Hi there, and welcome to today's episode of A Different Way of Travelling, a podcast on accessible travel brought to you by Accessible South Africa. I'm your host, Lois Strachan. Today we're chatting to Neha Aurora, who is the owner of Planet Abled, an inclusive travel agency based in India. But before we get into that interview, just a reminder that if you enjoy the stories we're sharing with you on the podcast, to ensure that you follow or subscribe to the podcast to make sure that you get every episode straight into your podcast player. Thanks so much. And let's now chat to Neha Aurora of Planet Abled. Today on A Different Way of Travelling, we're talking with Neha Aurora all the way from New Delhi in India. Neha, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. How are you doing? Thanks, Lois, for having me. And I'm doing great. And it's a pleasure to be invited by you on the podcast today. Well, I've been wanting to chat to you for ages, and I'm really thrilled that we have the opportunity to to talk now. So maybe we can just start and ask you just to tell us a little bit of your story of who you are and what you do. Sure. So... Hi, everyone. I'm Neha Arora, and I represent a company called Planet Able, which uh, promotes the concept of accessible and inclusive travel for people of all disabilities. Uh, it's about giving everyone the freedom of choice to travel uh, wherever they want. And I'm a failed engineer by education. I have worked in the corporate field for a while, um, love travel. Uh, and photography and breaking a bit of societal norms, if I have to define it myself. <laughs> well, I think that's a fascinating kind of introduction that leads me to the next question, which is, what was the origin story of Planet Able? Why did you start the company? So Planet Able started uh, because of my own personal experiences of not being able to travel at all, because uh, both my per- parents are persons with disabilities. So my father is blind and mother is a wheelchair user. And as kids, I could never go for a holiday, like a summer vacation or a winter vacation. It was just limited to grandparents' houses or school picnics. And when I grew up and I also started earning, I was like, okay, maybe, you know, when we have more earning members in the family, uh, it would solve the problem. But it was not the case. It was still like you travel 2,000 miles only to realize that the place is not accessible. 
or doesn't give you the kind of experience you would look forward to or uh, people would pass comments that if you face so much trouble why did you come and so that was a hitting point even though my parents were like accepting of the fact that okay maybe some things are just not for us by being inaccessible uh i was not ready to accept that fact so i picked up uh, conflicts at places where we went and uh, at one uh, point one conflict turned into a mob fight at a temple and uh, that was the tipping point for my parents to say okay we are not going anywhere because anyways it never ends into a good memory and you fight everywhere so i'm like okay uh what do i do about it then so i looked for solutions i could not find any and i then i started talking to other people with disabilities what they were doing so either they were not traveling at all or they were facing some similar troubles and uh, then i saw okay maybe there is a business opportunity here and uh, uh, no mainstream travel company was interested in the segment because they, most often you know disability is linked to charity and assumed by the society that they don't have money and all of that uh plus i think it's lack of awareness that people don't know that people with disabilities also want to travel so yeah so i that was the point i was like okay maybe i can do something about it but i have to convince myself whether i can pull it off and whether this would be a financially sustainable model so i did my homework for 2 to 3 years and uh, then left the corporate career to start planetable in 2016 that is the background story it's an interesting story that kind of also piqued my interest in several different areas but i'm going to try and keep this a kind of logical flow to see if we get all the different questions answered and i can always come back and ask if i have questions that i i don't get to sure but what's your what is your vision for the company and who are your intended clients So the vision for the company is to change the way travel happens on this planet forever and give everyone the freedom of choice to travel wherever they want whenever they want with whomsoever they want irrespective of any disability age impairment medical condition gender race or anything like making it or just a human feature instead of a bug that is the vision and uh, in terms of target audience well to start with it's uh, people with disabilities and the elderly who have got impairments or have access needs and uh, we cater to all types of disabilities people who have a mobility impairment people who are blind deaf people with autism people with any sort of other intellectual cognitive or psychosocial disability or any medical condition like dialysis or cancer or things like that so um the whole spectrum is covered and uh, we are have a non discrimination policy towards non disabled people too so all the trips uh, all the group trips that we do are always inclusive in which by by what i mean that people with various disabilities and non disabled travel together where disability is just a human feature and not the basis of segmentation of travelers into groups based on disability looking at 
travel as such an inclusive or from such an inclusive standpoint does pose some fairly practical challenges. How do you ensure that all your travelers' needs are met? Sure. So it's it's more like, yes, there is a lot of homework on the ground to be done before anyone can travel to any destination. So it's not like, you know, you can outsource it to a local partner and it gets done until and unless these people are trained or, you know, any the destination is audited and developed by us firsthand and the experiences being earmarked for all types of disability. So there's a lot of homework that we have to do, but I think it's worth it because till when you'll continue uh, the segmentation and travel. Like we need to look at uh, an inclusive world. Uh, so we go on the ground, order the destination, see what all destination this destination has to offer, what experiences, um, and what all are the places people can visit. And then we check, okay, what are the accessibility that exists? And what is the accessibility gap that we need to fulfill before anyone can travel? So uh, by inclusive, we mean everyone's needs are being met in terms of experiences. So I say, for example, there is a place on the group trip that uh, uh, has to be visited by the group. So we make sure that, yeah, it is accessible for all types of traveler. If there is a restriction, of course, then there has to be an alternate for the rest of the people who can go to. So there's a lot of mix and match and homework, but I love that part of designing in travel because, yeah, I mean, isn't that what inclusion is, Alvin? So I love that, even though it's a, a lot of extra work. <laughs> I can imagine. And I mean, do you put together each package then based on the people who, who are traveling on, on their specific needs? Or do you put together the package first and ensure that in general you know that it is going to be inclusive and accessible and just work out any of the the details that you need to check when you then have your your clients so it's it's more like a balance between the two because when i say the destination development part so we need to understand the destination first and implement the standardized SOPs for Planetable in terms of the quality of service, the kind of experiences and accessibility, and uh, from like the, the authentic experiences. So um, I'm very fond of local authentic experiences instead of going doing too many touristic things, right? Because until and unless you experience local culture, uh, the whole travel is not complete. So we uh, make a, like a list of all the, what is there in the bouquet, right? And say, for example, when someone reaches out to us uh, that they want to travel with us, uh, and it's a customized travel, so based on their interest. So we first do an accessibility assessment of their needs. And then what are the interests? So someone, some people might be interested in heritage. Some might be interested in food, nature, or culture. Uh, spirituality, wellness, adventure. Uh, so based on their needs, we pick out the best options from that bouquet and uh, like uh, design the whole travel plan for them. So, you know, th there's a homework before that as well as a, 
as a reference uh, bouquet thing and then it it is met with the uh, uh, the needs and interests of the travelers uh, of course when it comes to group travel yes we have a reference uh, like a standardized itinerary in which we keep a balance that okay everyone is a, uh, it's a mix and match of all types of experiences and uh, everyone has something to enjoy and experience so if I were to come to you as a, a client who is totally blind, who is interested in culture, in food, in just experiencing life mm-hmm. as it, you know, just I suppose that, that really comes under culture. Mm-hmm. What types of experiences would you be able to offer to a customer like me. Sure. So like when you said food, so we'll make sure every meal of yours is a local authentic food and a famous outfit. <laughs> okay. So uh, if you are going to a destination, what is are the food options that that place can culturally offer for you, right? Uh, and uh, uh, if you're interested, you can go for a culinary workshop with the local family and learn what people uh, eat in a day-to-day life and try some recipes your, yourself and which you can take back home with you and try it at your home, in your home country. Uh, or you can, when I'm talking of culture, you can have, say, um, a meal or a high tea with the royal family of that destination in their own house, right? Or you can um, go and experience the art form uh, which is there. So, for example, uh, uh, there is a famous uh, dance of a destination that is there. So instead of having um, just experiencing the music and the dance form, it's also more about the history behind that dance form and what is the preparation that goes behind. So if there is a six hour of makeup happening and the headgear that is being handmade by the family, right? So you go and meet that family and um, experience how that headgear is actually being made by hands and you know how long does it take and all of the behind the scenes that goes into it in terms of culture or if there is some weaving uh, a textile that is famous of that destination so um, there's no uh, like sometimes you might not even want to buy that right but you would love to experience uh, and meet the weaver in his workshop and maybe try uh, your hands at the loom or understand uh, how it is being made thread by thread, how long it does it take. So uh, you can experience all of that in terms of culture uh, when I'm talking about it. Or you can have uh, like a, there is a famous festival in that place uh, during that time. So you can s- celebrate that fast festival with a family like the whole day what they're doing from morning till evening, how they're decorating the house. You can take part in that decoration of the house or cooking in the house or the way the 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 the, uh, the women are dressing traditionally. So you can try your hands at, you know, dressing yourself up like that and celebrating the festival dressed up like that. Uh, or stay with the local family for a couple of days also if you want and see what goes around in their day-to-day lives um, and go to visit a local market uh, that uh, how people sell or how the bargain is made in the local markets, uh, all sort of things. It's a a, a coastal area, like the fish market. What sort of fish are available in this region and how do people cook them? 
I have to say, up till now, I've been really good about not regretting not being able to travel because of COVID. But right now I'm going, when can I book my tickets to come to India again? Oh man, that sounded amazing. That's just the range of, I think what I'm, what I'm hearing, as you say, is really looking at how you can engage with the people who are local and are living their authentic lives and making those available to people who want to experience that. Yes. Yeah. And it helps us also to benefit the local communities as well, you know, because there's a lot of migration happening in all of these places and uh, these art forms are being abandoned by the families. So this gives a way to provide livelihood to them. And I think in this circle, everyone benefits. Uh, uh, and we're just trying our best how we can uh, like help the communities and uh, giving the traveler the local experience too. Which is an important thing to do. I want to turn now to a more sort of general question about accessibility generally in India. And I know that that's a, a massively big question because India, like South Africa, is a very diverse country with different aspects and different infrastructure, and there's rural and local and urban, and there's so many differences and so much diversity. Mm -hmm. But what would you say to someone who approaches you with general questions about the general accessibility that they might find in India? So when it comes to accessibility, like you rightly mentioned, it's a pretty wide question. Uh, but <clears throat> I think accessibility means different things to different people. And uh, the, that varies from uh, disability to disability as well. So place might not be accessible for a wheelchair user, but might be possible for a blind person to go to and experience uh, the whole thing, right? So uh, that is one aspect of it. Plus, yes, infrastructure-wise, uh, we are still not, I, I cannot compare uh, India to uh, um, uh, like US or uh, Singapore or uh, countries in Europe, but we're getting there. And at least in terms of big cities, if you are well-informed and you have done your homework, it's not that difficult to act, get access around. Uh, it's just that you would need someone local to know, okay, where are the places which are accessible? Where are the food outlets that are accessible? Or where the customer experience towards disabled guests is very, very good. And uh, at some places it might not be good. So it's more like, uh, uh, like, you know, you have to do a bit of homework to realize, okay, where is the accessibility and where it is not. And uh, a lot of places, of course, in terms of what we, uh, the destination lacks in accessibility, it uh, compensates in terms of warmth of people. So the people are most of the time keen to help um, if we ask them uh, in the right way. Uh, but you have to be careful and uh, like in terms of safety and all of those things. So it's like a bit of homework that needs to be done. So it's, it's 
it's somewhere in between. We are not accessible. I won't say that in terms of infrastructure, but the bigger cities are much, much, much better than the smaller places. And sometimes there are surprise accessibility as well. So there is a fort in one of the cities, which is like, which was made in 1100s. That is accessible till the top. And uh, like it's a thousand year old fort. Who would have thought it was accessible? I suppose there's also the question of a fort has by its own, its nature and by design is a defensive building Mm -hmm. and you need to be able to get weapons up to the top yes which means need to be ramps which means hello it's suddenly a lot easier to make it accessible yeah so yeah i can understand that as well in terms of infrastructure and public transport what are your thoughts around that what is an easy way or what are the the ways the options that people have to navigate when traveling in the cities particularly in in india so uh uh, in terms of air travel, starting from there, it's pretty much accessible. I mean, it's great. The airports are well. Um, uh, uh, the railway is not accessible for people with mobility impairment. Even though we are one of the biggest rail networks in the world, uh, it's not accessible, unfortunately, for people with mobility impairments. Uh, and for people who are blind, it can be tricky at a lot of places because of the train gaps and platform gaps. Uh, so until and unless you have someone along with you, it can get tricky. Um, and um, uh, uh, in terms of the road transport, so in bigger cities like Delhi, Delhi has low-flow public buses, which is great for all types of disabilities. But then, uh, even though it is accessible in terms of infrastructure, it is so crowded at times that independently traveling takes a metal of your personality to get inside them because uh, yeah we are a crowded country there are a lot of people around and um, buses not always uh, park themselves right straight at the bus stop aligned so then it becomes a bit challenging um the delhi metro and the other metros the metro trains uh, that have been uh, that have come up in the last couple of decades they are one of the best in the world uh, even if I have to compare it um, to uh, the one in uh, New York or Washington, D.C., uh, which uh, uh, were made, or the London Metro for that matter, which were made like decades and decades ago, the the metro train, the network in these cities is much more accessible. Plus, they provide all sorts of assistance for uh, uh, like and coordination when a disabled person is traveling on the metro train. So there is a staff who's always informed, like who is traveling in which coach and what is where they are getting down and where they are uh, uh, boarding. So that is, I think, one of the best things that has happened to this country in terms of transport. Uh, in terms of uh, adaptive vehicles, yes, they are available in bigger cities. Uh, uh, not everywhere and uh, not that readily available, but yes, in some of the cities it is. So it uh, depends where, which part of the country you are in to have access to them. But with planning and like, you know, uh, uh, in terms of talking to someone local who knows where it is and how it can be managed. So what what I'm hearing is that pretty much like traveling anywhere 
with the right research and the right planning, it's just a question of knowing what you are going to be experiencing when you go somewhere. Yes. And also like, so if there's some place that is not accessible and, you know, someone wants to go, uh, we tell them honestly that this place is not accessible in this way, uh, the way you want it to be. So would you still want to go there? So, I mean, you know, honesty and transparency is something that we go by telling them, okay, this place is not. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you still want to go, we'll try our best to make it happen through temporary yeah. arrangements. So it works like that. It, it doesn't do anybody any good to kind of say it's mostly accessible and then they get there and find that it's totally not. Yeah. So that, that level of honesty and integrity is, is, I think, is fundamental, certainly in the industry that you're in and in the work that you're doing. Yeah. I mean, because there's no point, you know, I've seen people doing bookings, uh, like a lot of uh, mainstream companies, like taking the advance, making the booking and then coming to us and asking, oh, can we do this? I'm like, you booked it without even knowing what you were getting into. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that is not right. You know, I remember one of my favorite experiences when I was in Kolkata two years ago, well, 2018. 19 um, was a a street food and alleys tour. Mm-hmm. It was a walking tour. And I remember, you know, when we booked it, we mentioned to the guide, you know, I'm blind and uh, you know, he was like, well, okay, well, what are the implications of that? What do I need to know? And we had a really great conversation and he thought about how my needs might conflict with the tour that he had planned. Mm -hmm. And he made one or two adjustments. He asked a few more questions, but it worked out fantastically. But I noticed just walking around, I said to him, you haven't had anyone in a wheelchair on this tour, have you? And he said, no, I haven't. Yeah. You know, would you be willing if someone were to contact you if they wanted to? And he said, well, I would need to talk to them Mm -hmm. and find out, what their their reality is, and then we'd see how we could adapt things. Yeah, and I I loved that kind of willingness to say, maybe what I'm doing today might not work, mm-hmm. but see what the specific needs are and see how it can be adapted. I found that in a lot of the different, um, particularly tourist and tourist focused experiences that we had in India that people were very willing to say well tell us what you need yeah and let how we can make it work and I think that's such an important kind of approach to to traveling yeah and know that when you get there to suddenly go oh no we can't do this Hmm. because it's just not going to work absolutely so yeah getting that information there and transparent right up front really made it a fantastic experience absolutely i mean there was uh, so many new age uh, uh like uh, uh, travel entrepreneurs who are willing to you know at least try that intent to, is there so i think that intent is important and i think in a sense it's becoming almost essential yeah that you need to be flexible <clears throat> and able to adjust i think in any field in the world these days you you have to you can't just keep doing the same thing the same way 
every time. Yeah. It's, it's just the reality of the world we live in nowadays. True, very true. I mean, yeah. Well, I, I do have to say that I absolutely loved India when I visited and I'm definitely keen to, to visit the country again. Yeah. Probably to visit a city and experience something different. But for those people who are like me, who are thinking of traveling or hoping to travel and would like to find out more about you and the work that Planet Abled does, how can they contact you? Uh, well, it's uh, easy busy. It's planetabled.com, P-L-A-N-E-T-A-B-L-E-D.com. And you can find us on all the social media networks, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, uh, uh, like a simple Google search, or you can email us at travel at planetabled.com. Uh, so you can find us uh, everywhere. Thank you. That's great. In fact, I've, I've seen you are fairly active on Twitter, although I'm not quite as active on Twitter <laughs> as I ought to be, but I do see you regularly on Twitter as well. I did not know that you are there on Twitter. I'll, I'll find you now. <laughs> Well, I'm 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 not stalking you, but I'm definitely following you. <laughs> and I would also and, like to mention that we don't uh, like uh, do travels only in India. We do outside India in some other Asian countries as well. Can you give us a little more details of that? Or sure. So, like countries like like Nepal, Thailand, Sri Lanka, Singapore, Malaysia, Vietnam. Uh, Hong Kong, so all of these countries, Cambodia, is you can travel with us to all of them and opening Europe this year. So that we were to open last year, but yeah, thanks to COVID uh, uh, this year. So yeah, like 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 I said, the COVID has also made us need to become more flexible in our approach. But that's great to know that your your services are are not just limited or restricted to to India itself but beyond that as well so that's fantastic thank you yeah that's great that you mentioned that so if someone were wanting to travel to India and were really start looking at the planning and in that level right at the start of their 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 planning mm-hmm. what advice would you give them about how to approach a trip to India uh, so in Which they know yeah so Which they do sure so I think India is a pretty wide country okay uh, I think and most of the time what people find online uh, it's getting better but a lot of times um, the information is only you know some uh, uh, some uh, what do you say conventionally sold uh, sectors spaces. Um, that, okay, this is the Golden Triangle and this is Kerala and that's all India has to offer. So, but it, India is much more than that. So if you, whatever you might think of, whether it's snow, whether it's uh, hills, whether it's beaches, whether it's uh, 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 national parks, whether it's uh, 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 like uh, cruises or whether it's uh, islands, India has every desert. It has everything. So I would say to start with, uh, don't get bogged down that about the inaccessibility of the destination. I see a lot of places, people say, 
or India is not accessible. Yes, that's an image that globally is there, but it's not as bad as it is as it seems. Uh, so with right preparation, of course, it is a beautiful country. Every 300 kilometers, we change everything, right from culture to food to clothes to language. So um, it's a melting pot of different cultures. So you decide, okay, what are your interests? Think of that and then start looking for uh, places and experiences that you would like to go for uh, based on your interest. Uh, don't let people tell you, okay, this is the most popular place and this is what you should do. Look beyond uh, uh, the obvious and you'll be surprised how much India has to offer. And you can make it such an enriching and uh, beautiful, authentic experience for yourself. Um, and uh, in terms of accessibility, while you're traveling with a disability, be honest with anyone you're talking to about your accessibility needs as much as possible, because then in that case, they would be able to create a seamless experience uh, because they will understand your needs completely. Um, so that these are the two things that I would suggest. It sounds like some very good advice for those first steps in planning a trip. So thank you for sharing that advice. Thank you. Neha, thank you. It's been fantastic chatting to you this morning. And I'm really grateful for, you know, the, the information that you've shared with the listeners today. And yeah, just to know that you're doing the work that you're doing to make people's travels as inclusive and as seamless as possible. Thank you so much uh, for uh, ending with such kind words. I'm just uh, um, happy to be here and I'm glad that, uh, that like, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation today. Thank you for having me. And definitely next time I come to India, we will sit down for a cup of tea. Oh, yes. I'll, I'll uh, treat you with a lot of food as well. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed chatting to Neha and learning a little bit more about Planet Abled. And I hope you found that of interest. I really love today's travel quote. It's an anonymous quote that says, Of all the books in the world, the best stories are found between the pages of a passport. Thanks for joining us for this episode. We'll see you next time. That's it from us for this time. You can find Accessible South Africa on the web at accessiblesouthafrica.co.za, on Facebook and Instagram at Accessible South Africa and on Twitter at AccessibleSA. You can also email us at podcast at AccessibleSouthAfrica.co.za Editing by Craig Stratton using Hinderberg software. Our theme music is by Lu Chil Chow based on a motif by Lloyd Stratton. Credits read by Musa Izulu. Thank you for joining us on a different way of traveling. We'll see you next time. Until then, happy travels.